0: I'm at the gas station already, I just go inside and pick up like today I was like, I want cupcakes. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: When was the last time you ate cupcakes from the convenience store, Joe?
0: Well, hello and welcome to Dinner Table Talks, the weekly podcast where myself, Joe Hilliard, and... Ace Lynn Campbell. Come together our dinner table and have a virtual chair right here for you. You are our guests at a dinner table talk.
1: So well done, dear. So well done. Thank you. (laughs) The radio voice of the century. Oh, was
0: it in full effect? Oh, full effect. effect. I'm going to turn it off now. (laughs) This is just my conversational speaking voice now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny when I listen back and I'm like, "Ooh, he was in full effect. It's well, like a game show host." And I
0: always hit one word in some very odd way.
1: You're the person that people call on to MC events yeah. all of the time so easily because you can make saying nothing sounds so dramatic and interesting. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and that's what an MC needs to do because you're trying they're trying to keep the flow, they're keeping things happening, but people don't really listen to the MC. <laughs> well, we celebrated your birthday again this year. We
0: did. It happens every year once.
1: So I listened to last year's episode or it was actually the day of your birthday. Uh-huh. I actually listened to that episode today. And you had a lot to say about turning 49 a year ago. I know. What do you think about that now?
0: I'm not 50 yet. (laughs) It's
1: true. Exactly. That's exactly how I celebrated it end of the world. If
0: I recall, I said that 49 sounds so much older than 48.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Does it?
0: Not Do you anymore. Feel the same, Not yeah, anymore. exactly. It changes every year. Can't <laughs> wait for fifty.
1: We were talking. Lily and I were talking just a minute ago. I asked her how Renan was doing up at camp because he's a camp counselor, and she said, "Oh, he's into the second week, and he's with the little kids." Oh. And they're getting tired, and they're ready to go home. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh yeah." I was never that kid, though. Uh, we had oh, I was that kid, big time. I
0: never got homesick like
1: I, that. I i i wasn't so I wasn't supposed to get homesick, but I definitely got homesick. But I remembered what I was telling her was that I remembered what it felt like to be when you were like eight or nine, and you got to go to camp, mm-hmm. the overnight camp. Mm-hmm. That was like you were growing up oh, to be time. able to go to the overnight camp. Then when you get to the overnight camp, you're like the baby at the overnight camp, and then you want to be the oldest camper, mature, with the mature girls, or, you know, and they get to go up to the hilltop and meet the boys, and, you know, that's very mature, and we're talking all of 12 and 13-year-olds, right? Right. And then you get to be a counselor, you know, and then you're like 18 years old, and I... I'm looking at her and her life and where they are, and I'm sure my son who's 21 now who's of drinking age at college and works his own full-time job and does this, this, this. it's just all the different things you think about the ages and what was it like at age 30 and then, oh dear, here we go, it's 50. (laughs) But as it came time to celebrate your birthday, I got this idea in my head that I wanted to go horseback riding. And I thought, oh, hey, babe, you want to take a date on your birthday, go out to the beach and ride horseback.
0: I haven't had an adventure like that in a long, long time.
1: Exactly. So that's what we did. We went to Horses on the Beach, Corpus Christi, and they have a situation where they've got a bunch of very, very, very easygoing horses. I purchased the Sunset Beach Ride. Uh Of course, it's been raining for like every day. So they're like practically underwater out there to I get from that. the stable
0: to the beach you mm-hmm. go over the dunes mm-hmm. and any other time of the year it would be dry as a bone but, but on
1: both sides of the dunes basically it was but
0: i was john wayne <laughs> oh, was and like... you were insert female cowgirl movie star here going no, no, through i was really
1: like... more like um one of those goddesses on game of thrones that rides a horse Khaleesi, sure with the Bow and arrow, that's what I was. I am I was that for real. I don't know if you know what was going on inside my brain, uh-huh. but I was that.
0: Well, in my brain, I was on a cattle drive going right. through a river because the water level got up to the horse's chest.
1: There was so much about it that I, I adored. I caught a picture of you smiling, riding a horse. This is the image of you that comes in my mind when your mom goes, I go, guess what we did for Joe's birthday? And she goes, what did you do? And I said... I took him horseback riding and she looks over at you and she goes, she throws her hands together and she goes, oh, Joaquin, how did you do? That she was literally speaking to like her nine-year-old son that moment, smiling from ear to ear riding a
0: horse. But really having an experience like that.
1: It was that. You it was smile so like a little silly. kid yeah. is
0: exactly the way that yeah. you should be yeah. celebrating yeah. your birthday.
1: The horses that we ended up with, mm-hmm. like that, was an important part to me. Um I had
0: Neptune. You
1: did. You had Neptune, and the gal that was in charge of giving us the horses said to you, "Neptune is going to try to be the boss, and you need to pull back on his rent. email. You know, really be in charge of him." Sure. You know, <laughs> she didn't give me any clues about Dallas, by the way, which. I learned that Dallas was a very independent young fella that really just kind of wanted to do what he wanted to do. And we got along just fine once we came to an agreement upon what we both wanted to do, which was to basically ride by ourselves, like out by the water and and go as fast as he could go without getting caught. (laughs) And then Neptune, however, was head down, leader of the pack. I am here. Neptune wanted to be in the middle (laughs) of the grouping. Yes.
0: Up near the front. Yes. And your horse wanted to be more chill and over, you know, you were getting a little bit closer to the beach, the waves.
1: Uh-huh. And I
0: wanted to be over near you, of course. Uh-huh. Neptune would have nothing to do with
1: it. Neptune's like, I care nothing about yeah. Dallas. I don't know what you're trying to do, boy. You're but right. um <laughs> I'm
0: going to be here. And here is next to a beautiful family from New York that I got to know uh-huh. a little bit. Yes. And <laughs> another couple from Dallas that I got to know a little bit. It was a great, great, great day. Ooh. Unanswered questions. Questions. There is only one unanswered question, and it's kind of a weird one. Last week, you'll remember that I gave up listening to a specific brand of entertainment. And listeners may remember that you said, and I jumped for joy when I found <laughs> out about it.
1: You left out the details. Are you going to give us the details this week?
0: Yeah, this is like I said, it's a weird one because I don't know if the Venn diagram of our listeners and Howard Stern <laughs> is going to have much overlap. I never grew up in a city that had Howard Stern on the radio. I saw that e-television show when I was like in high school and college and lots of scantily clad women doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I just never had an opportunity to listen. I did read the book, Private Parts, because I had seen the movie and enjoyed it very much when it came out.
1: I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) That was about the extent of my Howard Stern
0: I'm going to say about 15 years ago, one of my employees got me for Christmas a serious little receiver that you could attach to any vehicle. He said, I have gotten to know you a little bit, and I think that you would enjoy Howard Stern. And I fell in love. Hmm. I listened consistently, daily, for 15 years or so. And then once you're caught up, there's a whole channel of reruns. And then once you get through all of that, there's YouTube until forever. And I've heard all of it. Now, here's where you and I have just such a different attitude, I think, about pop culture. If I tell you what are your favorite movies, you could answer them. What are your favorite actors? You could answer that. But you don't submerge yourself in any one thing, fandom, that approaches fanaticism.
1: Um, I guess not. I mean, I get, I'm talking I get
0: general pop culture that, you know, anyone yeah, I kind of roll,
1: roll off things. I mean, I'll stick with certain things for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I was a pretty huge fan of like Sex and the City. And of course, I had big fan things that I did when I was younger. But yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. That doesn't last with me. If I think about like sports or anything like that, I'm not a huge fan. I like to have fans.
0: <laughs> I couldn't have been a larger Howard Stern fan. I was on the Reddit boards. And when he was on America's Got Talent, I went up to a taping in Austin. It was, like I said, my daily dose of entertainment to your chagrin, I think.
1: I don't know. I... There's always been something about Howard Stern that just kind of rubbed me raw. And I was willing to think that it was maybe just like coding. Like I'd been taught that what Howard Stern talked about wasn't appropriate. So I went would go back to it because I would always try to go back to that type of stuff even before I knew you. Uh-huh. I would try Howard Stern because I wasn't supposed to listen to Howard Stern. Howard Stern's supposed to be a bad guy. So I better, I would be the person that would listen to something like
0: Give that. You would try.
1: Right, absolutely. And I just never, like, it didn't, it didn't vibe well with me. I didn't like it. It didn't feel good. And over the years, getting to know you, I would just be like, he's so victimy. He's so weak. I just don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. And you're like, whatever, it's my thing. We don't have to like all the same things. And I'm like, okay there is a little bit of evangelist in you. Like, you mm. try really hard. Like, you tried so hard over the years to convince me.
0: So I got into it when he, again, kind of the beginning of Sirius, where he was firing on all cylinders. And the people he had in that room with him were so funny. And the ball busting and the staff. And, I mean, there were so many things that I did See, like. See, and that humor doesn't
1: get me at all. Like, you. that's the thing. That's and, and that's a trigger point that I'm actually Teasing dealing with right mm-hmm. now. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. dealing with the trigger point of... Teasing, being teased. Right. And teasing.
0: But number one, Howard Stern began trying to drastically reshape his image into this elder statesman interviewer. Mm -hmm. And some of the other elements of the show that I enjoyed started going away. And then number two, he lost a bunch of staff for all kinds of different reasons. And for that reason, to me, the show began to decline in quality, but I was with it. I was with it. I'm going to stick with this to the end. And he just keeps going and going and going and getting worse and worse and worse in terms of like entertainment quality. He
1: communicates in an old energy. It's I It's not he, expanding anymore.
0: That is exactly, you know what? That is true. What you just said is accurate. And I think that he has gotten to a place where he just doesn't even know how he even fits into the... Landscape of entertainment any longer, right? But the idea that I was going to stop doing this thing that I have done <laughs> dedicated.
1: Oh, you are densely involved in the stern
0: it meant two things. Biography. Number one, I had to say <laughs> stop, I had to get to that place in my head. There's a comfort there in the things that you do daily, sure,
1: and the things you choose, yeah, habitually. I just
0: stopped cold turkey not to not <laughs> this
1: is so funny
0: not to
1: i actually love this because a lot of what we i feel like we've been talking about recently is just yeah what is it you're attached to yes yes and why are you holding on to yes. it if it doesn't cause you joy yes. bring you joy it causes you pain now or long it caused answer. pain
0: that's a long answer to the question <laughs> and then number two it opens up my day if i want to listen to some entertainment or listen to a ted talk or listen to whatever yes it is,
1: yes yes yes
0: to a lot and other there is things. so
1: much to listen so to. much
0: to listen to i think <laughs> yeah. howard stern's largest problem is that he hasn't fully come to that realization and then thanks shout out and thanks to radio gunk which is a podcast and website and forum once you find people that are having the same thoughts as you.
1: Oh, yeah, it creates this passive-least resistance. Exactly. That was my enthrallment with the internet when it started. Thank God I can finally begin connecting with some people that are in different places. But on the superfan note, admittedly, I am a superfan of Matthew McConaughey. I've watched all his movies and listened to all his books, or at least that one. Someone
0: (laughs) who gives the impression that he is expanding,
1: Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Green lights, go, baby, go. If you are expanding, Ooh, that feels good when I talk about that. That's just heart beating my panties. Oh god. <laughs> now what?
0: One year ago today. A year ago a time today,
1: warp. A time warp. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? What are we doing
0: anyway, here? last year's episode. This time today, episode 1.46. Fantastic episode. Maybe one of the best we've ever done.
1: Well, I need to listen to it again then.
0: The food, Pinela Vodka.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Wrapping up our five mother sauce challenge.
1: Mmm, that sounds good. Make that again soon.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. You asked me to put it in the rotation. I haven't made it since.
1: Mmm.
0: And then the second thing was nachos made with half of a pot roast.
1: Oh, that yeah, sounds to good. To a whole
0: nacho conversation.
1: Nachos are one of my most favorite foods on the whole planet.
0: But speaking of my birthday, we talked about how you took me out on a picnic. Uh-huh. And then we got into an argument over politics.
1: (laughs) Well, when I was listening to the episode 45, that made me think of the fact that we kept singing, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. And then, oh, then
0: the
1: next episode, we got in a fight. I blew
0: my chances for sex life that night with my ridiculous behavior concerning the yes, ex-president. Yes, because
1: according to Joe Hilliard, we thankfully barely missed the end of the world. Well, we never
0: talked about all of it on the episode, and I never really liked to give my political leanings outside of the fact that bipartisanism, I think, is the biggest problem. We digress. Great episode 1.45. Give it a checkout. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, it appears that I have decided or had decided somehow, like just divinely, maybe, who knows, to align with a ceviche challenge.
0: (laughs) All of a sudden, you were ordering ceviche every time we went anywhere that offered it.
1: This is what happened. We had a few concurring dinners that included fresh raw fish. Then, the night of the horseback riding, we went out to the beach and- Grabbed a snack Grabbed a snack. And because I'd been trying these other fresh fish options at some other places, okay, yeah, this is perfect. Let's do this. We're going to go to this ceviche restaurant, a restaurant with ceviche in its name. And we go in and we order one plate of sashimi. So now I'm comparing the sashimi to the sashimis of the past week. And they bring out a ceviche plate that I order. And their ceviche plate had drum, octopus, scallop, and shrimp on it. Sounds delicious. But when it came down to it, I think that they have sometimes, I'm finding in ceviche, as I've tried it at several places now, that they aren't cooking it long enough in the lime juice that they use in a ceviche to cook with.
0: Yeah, I was going to interrupt you just to quickly define what ceviche is in case you don't know. It's pieces of fish and or shrimp and or some of the other yeah, seafood, octopus, but it's cooked in citric acid. yes There is no formal grilling or baking or boiling. It's cooked by just putting it into lime or lemon juice, usually lime.
1: Yeah, and seafood actually looks different after it's been cooked, so you can tell when a shrimp is cooked. You can tell when fish is cooked. You can tell when things are cooked. So I know that was one of my first things I noticed was it just didn't seem like it was really soaked in any good citrus juice. Like all the other components were there, but I didn't notice like a heavy, nice citrus juice, but I was like, okay, that's fine. And then we started eating. And then after I'd eaten the sashimi, I think at one point you actually just looked up at me and you said, how do you feel about this? And I go, it's not that good. And I said, I don't even think it's fresh. The fish doesn't taste fresh to me. And then I started thinking about it. It was like the sashimi didn't taste fresh. You know, like I actually had flavors of fish that taste bad, that Mm -hmm. tasted bad. Not just... There was a a weirdo
0: wang to it.
1: I get the feeling because they're all essentially outside of... Some chefs in town have specific people that they get stuff from. We know that. For the most part, though, across the city, they're getting it all off the same truck. Mm -hmm. But... What a good chef will do regardless is he will only serve you the freshest fish, whether it's coming out of our Gulf, whether it's coming from our local fishers getting onto that truck, or whether it's coming from somewhere else. It doesn't matter. It's the freshest fish that their level of customer service is willing to pay for. It got me, it started sending me down a path where we then, the next night we went out to eat with your mom at another local seafood restaurant, one of the high-end local seafood restaurants in town. Mm -hmm. You know what? They've got ceviche on the menu here. This is a high-end seafood restaurant. I'm going to order the ceviche and see what it tastes like here. And it was very good. And I don't recall what the fish was, but they use local caught fish from, you know, as close to the boat as you can get it because their clientele expects that. But if I go back to the the night that we had the snack with the ceviche and the sashimi in the price point, it wasn't cheap. We paid a lot of money for that food. Right. And yet again... Ceviche was in the title of the
0: restaurant. Right. It should be you're, the, you're the expecting fresh, something. The freshness yeah. of
1: your fish you're should be at the minimum. You're expecting this to be a
0: way shower of what ceviche should be.
1: Right, absolutely. And then And it, they did not Yeah, and so then just because it kind of just became this thing, we were actually over the bridge. We'd just left the farm and we're heading back home. We're trying to start to hit up some of the restaurants over in that area because it's closer to where we're going to be living. So we stopped at a Mexican food restaurant there. I Um, think
0: this is going to be a key aspect of season three. mm Mm-hmm. Dining out after we move and learning the restaurants that are on that side of the bridge. Right. Because while you grew up on that side of the bridge, right. it's all new to me.
1: Right, right. We popped in. It's lunchtime on a Sunday. We come in flaming. I come in with bright red hair. I was I look, throwing
0: confetti. I
1: mean, I, I know that that sounds crazy, but there's no way that everybody in the restaurant, like the record player went, Ey! And everyone stopped and looked at us. I'll tell you, the first <laughs> clue... One of those moments. Yeah, the
0: first clue that that was the case was when we insisted on eating at the bar.
1: Yes, exactly. And they...
0: I, I said later, they're not used to people eating at the bar. And, you know, they didn't know how But to... when the
1: bartender came back up there, it Dante? was as if he was excited that we were sitting at the bar. Uh-huh. Like, he was happy that
0: we were there. <laughs> no, that's it not was... what happened. He came up and he said, the waitress said that y'all were so confusing... <laughs> So See? what were y'all trying to order? It was he, like, goes,
1: you want, he goes, the waitress said you want a lot. And I la- I literally snickered and I go, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I want a lot.
0: <laughs> but you got the ceviche.
1: At this point, it's a challenge. And I want to try this place out. It's a bar, Mexican food in the town I grew up in, which this is very interesting new world to me because this type of place never would have existed when I was there. And I'm like. What kind of place
0: would have existed?
1: Just a tacarilla. But it would have never had a bar. And certainly not ceviche at
0: the bar. Oh, because when you were growing up, it was dry.
1: Yes. Exactly. That's fairly new. Yeah. That whole concept.
0: Well, the the chain restaurants showed up and said, listen, guys, if you want. Big city Pretty stuff. Much. Yeah. You're gonna have to start living like a big city. Pretty much. And they they had to go through the whole thing where you have to get doll you, you have to get pay a, a membership. dollar to get a membership, yeah. so call uh-huh. it a club, so that uh-huh. alcohol that was and Chili's. at that point you realize <laughs> These rules are stupid.
1: It was so lame because I grew up there and we would, I I never understood the rules because we would go to the gas station and buy the vodka. Like we weren't the ones going to the restaurant to try to buy the vodka in the restaurant. Right. That was our parents. We were the ones at the gas station buying the, you know, like (laughs) to me, it's all like hypocritical and odd and like kind of like some of the other rules we've learned about this past year. So then I saw that they had ceviche on the menu and they had aguachile on the menu. And I had ordered a beautiful margarita that Dante was like very excited to make and explain to me. And he was showing off his skills. He was throwing the bottle around. And he was
0: kind like, of, uh, he, he, was he right, said, how was something. it? And he said, it's a little sweet. And did you see his face go? Oh. Mm. And he <laughs> felt like, I failed. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine.
1: It was such an interesting experience. I, I, so. I, I,
0: that that Mexican food restaurant will be available to us. Fantastic! I'm looking forward to putting that into our I know right new rotation
1: exactly. So I so I ended up getting aguachile and two other like a trio sampler did like a, exactly. They did a trio sampler. Well, one of the things that I asked the girl, that no matter thought where it you was eat, too much. Yeah. What kind of fish are y'all using in your ceviche? Right. And she goes, "There's fish in the ceviche," and I I go, "Yes, yes, I know." And she goes, "And there's shrimp in the aguachile," and I go. Yeah, yes uh-huh i go what kind of fish is what, in th- what
0: species <laughs> this of is... fish
1: then she did go back and she did come back and she told me it was tilapia
0: all of our fish is tilapia
1: all of our fish is tilapia but i was too much and i'm sitting next <laughs> too... to
0: the girl that i eat out with the most <laughs> okay she's not gonna get it there's no way that she will ever order tilapia we've talked about that here on the show yes that's
1: correct but i went ahead and ordered the tilapia i was blown away I wanted to know what it tasted like. And I will tell you, even though I was eating tilapia, it tasted fresher than the fish (laughs) that I got.
0: triple the price place?
1: At the ceviche restaurant. Right. And the aguachile, honestly, it was damn good. And I would order that again. It rounded out the ceviche challenge, whatever Aislinn was doing. How does it feel to be on a sugar fast when you're on your birthday?
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I'm nine days in now yeah, and I can report one quick success and one quick failure. Mm-hmm. Success, I've lost six pounds. Right. Because on a sugar fast, you're likely to eat less calories. All that excess goo, water weight that certainly men can lose well, real quick at the beginning of any kind of carb conscious diet, that is occurring.
1: Something you have to consciously think about when you're thinking about stopping sugar is that immediately the cells in your body will get rid of a bunch of shit (laughs) so you basically like pee it out you so your your inflammation has gone down your cells have let go of whatever they were holding on to that was Going to go away immediately. Just the immediate, like, leveling out of things in your systems.
0: Here is that quick failure I was talking about. I didn't think this out very well. I knew I was doing it in tandem with taking a break from the beer and movie podcast. That's a weekly drinking date, if you will, when we record that. Right. That went away for about a month. So, therefore, I can do this without that kind of responsibility, which is kind of a weird way to think about it. Okay. But then my birthday showed up. Right. And we went out to... Have a drink. uh, Have a nice dinner. And dinner. dinner And And I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to enjoy one drink tonight. This would have been day four of the sugar fast. And I'm going to reset it tomorrow. So the 21 days will start tomorrow. Although I haven't cheated on any kind of sugar intake except for this alcohol i'm um, being a horrible example i don't example, even think
1: that matters right Does it matters that matter? when i
0: say i'm dedicating myself to 21 days of doing this in a very specific manner well, for see, these there, specific the reason reasons and breaking it
1: specifically it. if you're doing it for someone else it's not gonna work no no
0: no i'm not making a joke
1: if you're setting a bad example for yourself if you're making bad decisions for yourself well
0: if i break it today i can break it tomorrow and if i break it tomorrow i can break it next week and i don't want to break it because that's going to undo what i'm trying to do so, so that's where i'm getting but in editing and listening to last week's podcast, which I hated doing because it focused on me to weigh way, way too much, in my opinion, <laughs> you said something very interesting. You need to be constantly aware of the triggers that are suggesting that you go back to behaviors that you're trying to rid yourself of.
1: Yes, I've actually begun using the word activation, which I like a lot better. Because because the word trigger
0: is being hijacked?
1: Yes, and also because I think that trigger has a negative connotation, which means that the only thing that can cause you to expand or to learn or to wake up from something is a negative or a painful thing. But the fact of the matter is joyful things can also cause activation as well. You have also had a cold during this time, and you don't normally get sick. I was going to go That's an interesting... There. I was like, going to get there. I feel like you got a full-on, like, your body, you barely got there in time for your body that went, no, oh, we are an crying to look out it. for some changes. I've had a
0: bronchial thing, mm-hmm. and then that went into a full-blown cold, so much so that the night of my birthday, horseback yes. riding, moonlight, yes. walk on the beach, I said, listen, I, I got to go home. I don't feel good. Yeah. And that isn't like me. I don't get sick.
1: Well, and it may just be just the idea of you committing to the sugar fast and saying out loud and honestly to yourself, I've not been treating myself well. You let your body, let a path of least resistance to a virus go zoop right in there. And you, you know, you like set it off.
0: The simple fact of the matter is that I had frog and boiling watered myself into tolerating a lot of bad eating habits. And those came out on day two. Oh. Right. So I'm sitting there and I want to just, I want to put carbs inside of my mouth. You wanted popcorn. I just eat the popcorn with the butter all over it because that's just, you can eat anything when you're in that kind of mental framework. Yeah. I had done that for so long that in breaking that by day two and three, it was difficult. (laughs) Now, the way you solve that is to prepare. A 21 day sugar fast is a fantastic way to not only kind of reset, but the lessons are right there. Yeah. The, awareness. Every single lesson yes. is right there. That bag of Cheetos, I'm just going to go attack it. Now, we don't yeah. have Cheetos, so that's right. not what it is for me, no, but whatever it own. is for you.
1: We have our own healthy bad habits.
0: Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, Aislin, I'm so, that's a very good and way to put
1: spectrum. it. There's a spectrum. There is a spectrum. It's yeah. a
0: very good way to put it. We have our healthy bad habits. We justify, or I justify it mm-hmm. because it's organic.
1: Uh-huh, or yeah. because i made it mm-hmm.
0: but my god it's cake <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um so i had prepared by boiling a lot of eggs Yes. I had prepared, knowing full well that you have beautiful fresh produce in the house that I could slice up and eat with. Seasonings oh man, I've been eating cucumbers like crazy. They're you've so been good. bringing cucumbers home like crazy. Mm-hmm. I keep a pitcher of iced tea in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the oral fixation of having a beverage at here. night.
1: Yeah, the beverages. Like, yeah, that's. I'm sure it's that way for Kombucha is so a healthy and houses. good for you.
0: We would tell anyone out there to maybe try some kombucha and maybe right. put it into your diet. Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> so sugar filled, even yeah. though it's good for you. So those are some of the triggers that now that I'm day eight and nine, I'm telling a girl that I work with today, I'm at the gas station already. I just go inside and pick up. Like today, I was like, I want cupcakes. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: When was the last time you ate cupcakes from the convenience store, Joe?
0: Maybe we'll talk about that in the future.
1: (gasps) Oh my God.
0: Then you talked about self-love. See, you
1: were eating Cheetos. I I don't like like, Cheetos. (laughs) Cheetos aren't my jam. I know, but not Cheetos, but like.
0: Self-love and self-care. You brought up that last week and you said another function of this as you kind of go into the idea of bettering yourself is you're going to have to keep an eye on self-love and self-care. And I actually wanted you to kind of elaborate.
1: Well, self-care has been the big topic of conversation for me recently. Self-love, self-care, self-worth, dealing with the self. And what is it that the self has created? This egoic self that is creating a human being. And when that human being was little, they were told no, they couldn't have candy, or they were given some kind of punishment that caused them to put on layers, or whatever the reason is. Yeah, infinity. (laughs) Infinity Mm -hmm. reasons. And I've got my own that are the different Mm -hmm. ones than yours are that give myself matter. So because of that, diet has more to do with the deeper inner pain that just puts you right back into that place where you would be willing to eat something that treated yourself that bad, that you are not worthy of better than cupcakes from the effing gas station. The thing about it is, though, and my mom and I have been having these conversations recently, and a lot of people that I'm encountering right now, I'm having conversations with the idea that if you continue to keep Going to the shame, guilt, whatever—you're just going to go right back into that shape that you were in before, because that's the matter. You know, that's what you've built up to this point in your physical being. Environment is important. Oh, certainly. Uh, family history is certainly. important. Education. All of those yeah. things. So there's so many layers that you have to begin to think about the other things, like why. Why do you want that? Why? That's that's self-hate. That's like this body's not good enough. This body deserves the pain that's going to come with the heartburn that I know is coming with that cake when I eat it. But it's going to be really good for like one whole second. It's like a drug. It's like no, crack. 20. Listen, I'm an addict. I'm a sugar addict. And I know that when my body is flaming, it's... Because I've ingested a lot of sugar, but I can't just say it's just because of the sugar. I have to understand why am I treating my body so poorly right now? Because I, my self-worth is more, is more valuable than that. Mm -hmm. So what do I need to do in self-care, in self-love to fill myself back up with the things that bring me joy, the things that bring me life?
0: In the past week, I was working through a human body that is used to sugars and all the forms that it comes in, not having that. Just shutting off that valve into the body and how the body reacts to that. So you're telling
1: little Joe no right now? Yes, I'm
0: telling little Joe no right now. And so I know little Joe. I'm going to wrestle with that little son of a bitch. And I'm going to... wait. Go ahead.
1: You can't wrestle with that little son of a bitch. I know because no. now
0: we're talking about non-love. It's not loving, that's more, you know, that's Why?
1: Why does little Joe want that? That's the question you start asking. Not no, little Joe, you don't deserve that, little Joe, because eventually little Joe will win. That's the truth. So, why little Joe do you want that? What is it about that that makes you feel good? One thing you can easily sell in the Aislinn Lillian Campbell household is any kind of dish with chicken in it, even if it has squash in it. So you made us pollo con calabazas, and I freaking love it. It's one of my favorites.
0: I had not heard of this dish prior to meeting you. I don't know. Can't tell you why that's the case. One of my best friends
1: from high school, her mom made the best. She made the best Mexican food. She actually made all kinds of things, but that was one of them. Mm.
0: In English, it's squash with chicken, and that's exactly what you're making. You're going to cut up all the squash. What all do we have? Because you bring... It's squash time.
1: Well, I had some of those tromboncinos for sure, but I also had a variety of other stuff, and we did use a tatume, or they called it a calabazas, but calabazas is squash, so... Mm. um, the, what we call it down here is tatume squash, which is a more of a pumpkin, but like a green pumpkin type of situation.
0: Yeah, you're cubing up those squash. I peel them all. Tomato, onion, and cooking them in oil until they're tender. It's not hard. It's super simple, about 10 minutes. Now, this recipe, almost every single recipe for this dish has canned corn in it. And if the little closer to corn season that just kind of ended, we would use some of your fresh corn, did not go to the grocery store to buy a can of corn. Then you're going to add like a Mexican flavor spice mixture, including cumin. And then you add your cooked chicken, pour in your chicken broth, let it simmer for 20 to 30 minutes. I mean, it's such a simple dish. Somewhere around the 15-minute mark, I call you in to taste it and we add a little bit of this and a little bit of that.
1: It's very delicious, though. It makes a very, lot, very too, delicious. and we
0: can eat on it for a couple of days. I eat
1: at least three, maybe four meals on it. Delicious. I did have one complaint.
0: Go ahead. That did not scare you, me.
1: I think you forgot that tutume was like a winter squash.
0: <laughs> I did. You
1: up. didn't scrape out the center <laughs> of it and you cooked the seeds. So we had to literally spit. The I think seeds I scraped
0: out. about 70% out, but I realized there were a couple of pockets because those seeds, it's not like a pumpkin, like for Halloween, when you cut the top off and it's just a big cavity full of seeds. Oh, it wasn't. No, no, no. It was a smaller squash, uh-huh. so that cavity was were small compartments. Oh, interesting. And I missed a couple. Huh. And then the first bite that I took, I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> because the yellow squash and the zucchini that I'd put in there, the tromboncino the didn't we've been have doing that all issue.
1: Year. Yeah. But
0: the uh, calabazas, the the tatume squash, yeah. is a tiny little kind of pumpkin. Pumpkin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it was fantastic. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm your biggest fan. Oh. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into.
0: Which musical instrument would it be coolest to play?
1: I like the bass. Any bass.
0: I like the cool bass players that are just slapping that thing. (laughs) No, I'm serious. They're like, you know, like it's almost as if you they don't bass. know. Yeah, the stand-up bass. Where, mm-hmm. How are they even getting the notes right? They're not paying any attention to what they're doing. They're kind of just slapping at it. Mm-hmm. That is a pretty cool look.
1: Mm-hmm. I've always been the girl that watched the bass player rather than the lead guitarist. I like the lead singer often, but that has to do with drama. Were Clearly, I like guys that are very or, drama.
0: Were you talking stand-up bass? Or were you a ta- stand-up
1: or a, or a electric bass guitar. Yeah, anything. Anything bass.
0: Which would you most prefer to play? That's not what they're asking. Which would be the coolest to play? Coolest. I think the coolest yeah. is the lead guitar in and and a rock band. That's the coolest one. They're the ones that get those cool guitar solos and the singer can go off and nah, catch I'm gonna his tell breath you right now why the bass is the coolest. Go ahead.
1: Those dudes are the vibe. They're the ones. They hold down the beat. The line with a Ceviche challenge.
0: Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime...
1: Hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you.
0: And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.
1: There's some questions right there. Didn't I? You asked? Who asked last week?
0: My turn. Okay. Read your script.
1: He just said, read your script to me. I know, but that was not on mic. (laughs) That was backstage.